feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. Our latest edition of the Conquer Local podcast, special guest joining us, Mitch Joel from Montreal, Canada. He is the first confirmed speaker for the Conquer Local conference, and we're excited to have him on the show. You know, when you go to Mitch's website, mitchjoel.com, you learn about the Six Pixels of Separation podcast. He is a contributor to Shome FM in Montreal. He works on iHeartRadio. He's written two books, Six Pixels of Separation and Control-Alt-Delete. And he was recently awarded the highly prestigious Top 40 Under 40. He's been called a visionary, a digital expert, and a community leader. In fact, when you look at some of the magazines that he has been published in, they are really a who's who. Strategy Magazine. He's been in Harvard Business Review. He spoke in Fast Company and written there. So we're looking forward to having Mitch Joel at Conquer Local in June. But we're going to have him here on the podcast first. Coming up next, Mitch Joel on the Conquer Local Podcast. We are counting down the days to Conquer Local 2020. It's the must-attend conference for companies selling digital solutions to local businesses. This year, we are driving growth two days before the start of the Canadian F1 Grand Prix in Montreal. Our keynote speaker, co-founder and former CRO of HubSpot, Mark Roberge. Conquer Local, you get to learn from an incredible lineup of industry thought leaders. Network with our most successful partners, vendors, and Vendasta experts. And participate in hands-on workshops and leave with concrete takeaways that you can implement in your business strategy. For our loyal podcast listeners, we want to give you $300 off your ticket with promo code PODCAST300. Book your tickets today at conquerlocal.com. So joining us on the Conquer Local podcast, the founder of Six Pixels of Separation, Mitch Joel. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. You know, our uh, marketing team put forth a group of people that they would like to look at for speakers at the upcoming Conquer Local conference in Montreal. And guess who is the first one that we're announcing? Well, it's I easy hope to guess. It's me. Yeah, I, it's it's I hope it's me. Otherwise, it's. Uh, I'm happy to be on the show regardless, but let's hope it's me. Well, you know, Mitch, you've been um, running the Six Pixels of Separation podcast for quite some time. It's a podcast that I follow, and I was excited to see your name on the potential list of speakers because I've listened to some of the messaging that you are bringing forward. You've got two books, The um, Six Pixels of Separation and Control-Alt-Delete, and uh, congratulations on that prestigious Top 40 Under 40 Award. And we're excited to have you share some of your leadership and vision around, uh, you know, being a digital expert. So welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat dismayed to say that that top 40 under 40 happened many years ago, but thank you. <laughs> well, um, it is nonetheless something that you can talk about. So it's great. I want to get yeah. right into the meat and potatoes of, of the topic that we're going to address here today. And this is this entire thing of direct to consumer. It really is one of the most dynamic things that's happening in, um, in sales today. Can we talk a little bit about it at a high level? Yeah, of course we can. Um, the bar to start a business has 
not only lowered, but it has completely hit the floor. Because of platforms like Shopify being the main driver, anybody can basically, out of the gates, start selling to a global audience with literally no financial barrier. There's obviously time, effort, and energy and to do it exceedingly well. There's obviously a cost investment to do it. But if you wanted to sell your work prior to this movement, it was pretty hard. And what's happened is just through the sort of maturation of these platforms, through the development of social media, and just because of digital technology and connectedness in general, it's enabled almost anybody to start a business and scale it um, in a pretty rapid and dramatic way. So when we, we think about brands that are direct to consumer that people might just go, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you have any examples that, that identify this from the past few years that have just blown up? Yeah, I mean, the one that everybody both loves and hates at the same time would probably be Kylie Cosmetics. Also, again, on the Shopify platform, uh, one of the Kardashians came out with this cosmetic line, very much driven by uh, Kylie's social presence, in particular Instagram and Facebook, a little bit of YouTube, a little bit of Twitter, and managed to build one of the quickest corporations ever in the history of business to hit a billion dollars in sales with a very young leader and a very skeleton crew. And that raised obviously a ton of eyebrows to the point where Cody, which is one of the bigger brands that, that, that holds a catalog of these brands and, and the beauty industry has put, I think, close to $800 million as a percentage investment uh, into Kylie Cosmetics. And for me, that's just the sort of one everyone talks about and everyone knows because uh, there was a lot of contentiousness around the fact of whether or not Kylie is self-made or not. I don't know that that's necessarily part of the conversation. I think she managed to scale a business to a billion dollars faster than any other business, including any other business that any other Kardashian or reality TV star or TV star for that matter has been able to do. But within that, you're seeing many, many brands, both big and small, take on a lot of the ideologies that we see in the direct-to-consumer movement and what that means. And my sort of platform for this is that I don't want that to be relegated only to -to direct-to-consumer brands. I think that there is tons of lessons and learnings of how these brands have scaled and hit these milestones that any business can take, whether you're small, medium, large, whether you're B2B or B2C. And that's sort of where my passion lies. Yeah, I, re- I wanted to touch on that because when you say direct to consumer, I'm I'm thinking, well, you know, we're selling makeup, we're selling something like that. But you in in the in the content that I've been consuming of yours, you talk about B two B, and that's a big part of our audience or salespeople that are dealing in B two B. And you're right, the bar has never been lower for somebody to spin something up and and have a brand. Yeah, I'm not being paid, nor am I evangelist for Shopify, but Shopify would be a great example of that, right? They're sort of offering this B2B technology uh, that enables people to have an e-com platform and then access to all these sort of cloud-based tools, technologies, communities, and they're not alone. If you look at any of uh, the major B2B players in terms of software and infrastructure, a lot of them have this sort of DTC spirit within them. And so, yeah, you're seeing this across the board. I think it's easy because we get sucked into the sort of more commercial or more retail-based brands like Kylie Cosmetics. But you're, you're absolutely right that this sort of hits every single industry of every single size. And if it hasn't yet, that smells like opportunity to me. 
Over the two decades you were building, running that agency, Miram, and you worked across all of those countries with those, you know, 3,000 employees, you were a global marketing agency. In all the businesses that you worked with, do you think that it's easier today to build a, a brand from scratch than it has been? What, what about all the competition that's out there? Yeah, I don't think building a brand is easy, and I don't think that digital has facilitated it at all. I think what digital has done has simply lowered the bar and and opened up the distribution platforms to a place where, as Seth Godin would say, famed famed business author and speaker, that the gatekeepers are sort of gone. And so that's the sort of facilitator. But building a brand in terms of however you define a brand, for me, you know, it's the ability to create something more than a company, more than a sale. It's about creating something memorable, personable something that people have muscle memory for. It's the emotion. It's how it makes them feel versus a competitor. I don't think that's ever been easy. I don't think it's easier than ever. I just think that the tools are more available and the distribution channels have opened up more. So if I, I'm reading into this, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, the same strategy that's been deployed over the years to build up a brand, you still have to have a strategy, even though the tools are easier to get. Um, you still need to have some business acumen to put together a business at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, technology doesn't change the fact that you need a strategy. Having a great culture doesn't mean that you have to change strategy. You know, there's the famous saying that, you know, culture eats strategy for lunch. And I think to a certain degree, it's true. But ultimately, you can have a great culture. If you don't have a strategy, there's nowhere for that culture to go. So, no, there is nothing that has taken away the pillars of business. I mean, even when we talk about how rapidly things change, how much this has impacted consumer behavior and their buying habits, which it has, at the fundamental core of what the business is doing, if you think about the traditional marketing and the four Ps, product, price, promotion, place, they're still important. A lot of people would like to say that that's sort of dinosaur and we don't look at it this way. I'm challenged to find another way that better exemplifies what the real role is of business today. Can you tell stories? Can you express your brand in myriad of ways you didn't have the chance to before? Absolutely. Can you sell in this sort of direct-to-consumer world where you don't need intermediaries anymore? Absolutely. Does that make those who were intermediaries, those who maybe sit at the retail level or those who on the B2B side might be value-added resellers? It does, but it also empowers them to think differently about how, you, how they themselves can be direct-to-consumer-based businesses. And again, it's not about a sort of world that's changing to only that. Uh, one of the things you know, I've been writing about the space, as you alluded to, and talking about the space for, for decades at this point, and one of my earlier sayings, people come out and say, you know, is blogging going to kill journalism? Is online advertising going to kill advertising? And my, my, all, my theory always and to this day is that everything is with, not instead of. I don't think that one replaces another. I think you need to look at all the tools that are now accessible to you and figure out what mixture of those tools or which tools lined up together create the best opportunity for that macro conversion, which is ultimately a sale. So when we think about one of the key tenants of running a successful business, we, you know, we always focus on the customer. I hope that our listeners are thinking about the customer. So you have access to platforms, you have to have that business acumen to put together a true business, but with all of this opportunity for choice, would it be fair to say that it's never been more important to focus on the end customer? Well, I don't know what business has a business without customers. So again, I don't think it's a new prescriptive. I think what's happened before 
is we lived in a world where people weren't fundamentally thinking in an omni-channel way. And I think more often than not, I, I look at it more like pillars. The three pillars that I see are what is the brand and the expression of it? What is the actual brand experience? And then what's the customer experience? And if you really sit back as a business and think about it pragmatically, how well-defined is the brand and those who believe in it, including your internal team and members and partners? What is the actual brand experience? Like, what does it feel and look like when it's deployed into the market? And then ultimately what the customer experience is, what you do find, you can look at everything from, you know, the, the, the local corner store that you go into for your coffee to one of the biggest businesses in the world that you buy software from. And my guess is that in between the cracks of the brand, the brand experience, the customer experience, you'll find some of those paper cuts. You don't want to be in a position where it's at death by a thousand paper cuts. And I think the brands that are really getting it today in terms of really harmonizing this idea of customer experience are the ones who understand their brand so well, understand what the brand experience is, and really have it as a real connection to the customer experience. More often than not, we buy things, and then we look at the brand online, or we see their ads, or their marketing, or their communications, or their platforms, and we think, that's, that wasn't my experience, or that's not what I feel. And right there, that's a cause for alarm. So I think that, of course, the customer experience, understand the customer needs are important, but it's hard if you're not really aligned with your brand and your brand experience as well. Now, when it comes to that brand and it comes to the experience with the customer and the promise that we're making to that customer group, it's pretty easy to damage a brand nowadays. So, you know, these business owners need to really be paying attention to that. I mean, it's always been, been really easy to mess things up. And I think that as human beings, it's, it's sometimes often hard to see beyond the tips of our own noses. But you are right that the magnification of those errors happen at a scale and speed that is somewhat new. And I say somewhat new only because we like to look at digital channels and go, it's all so new. And I sort of look at it and go, we're talking 20 years already. We really are. And I don't mean that in terms of like the day the internet was created. I mean like past beyond the days of early commercialization of the internet. I mean, I can look and see that I joined Twitter, you know, 12 years ago or whatever it might have been. So I'd like to think that we are now accustomed to the fact that we all live in real time, that we all live in, an ex- in, in, in that world where our, our expressions are very, very public and highly distributed. Um, and as the world changes, I would actually argue that we're seeing a, maybe a little bit less of it now because what happens in places like Facebook or Twitter is that they're actually throttling a lot of the content. So even people who are frustrated where the world could see it now suddenly are only being seen by a small fraction of people who may in fact only be following them. Now that has its own implicit and explicit challenges with it, but the world's actually changed in another way where it was so open and suddenly it's a little bit more quieter now. Well, if I go to your website, I see a great quote from Seth Godin and it's, and here it is. In a world filled with broken promises, Mitch Joel is the real deal. He lives the work he talks about. He does it with generosity and insight. That's the quote. Um, And what I would like to find out for our listeners that are thinking about coming to Montreal in June to see you speak, what sort of message can they expect from you? And just a bit of a tease as to what your presentation might be about. Well, good news is I'm presently recording this from Montreal. happens to be the city I live in, and there's a lot of snow here. So the great news is by the time you get here, it will be beautiful. And there is no greater place in the world than Montreal in the summertime. It is probably the most European city that you will ever encounter here in North America. Um, And it's really easy to get to. And we have great airports and restaurants and some very massive food culture. So beyond all the facts that you should just come here because 
there's no better place to be than Montreal in the summer. I'm really excited to talk about the opportunities that come, not from thinking about whether you are a direct-to-consumer brand, but how to think like them. And again, to me, it's all about understanding how much consumer behavior has changed, how much disruption has impacted our business, the opportunities for innovation that come from that, and how to think a little bit differently about your business by taking a peek into my world, which is about 30 years of helping brands really digitize and move through this you know, massive moment of transformation. And, and again, just be able to take notes, hang out, be highly entertained, enjoy the sort of physicalness of my show and presentation, but at the same time, really be inspired by things you can tangibly take away and, and really talk to your team about and how to turn it into something more than just a keynote that you saw that you enjoyed, but rather have four, five, 10, 15 ideas from that and start implementing them almost immediately. So we have the link to Mitch's website, mitchjoel.com, as part of this podcast. And I'm looking at the content, your topics that are new and updated for 2020. When I look through these, what do you think the biggest challenge in this new, very low bar in this world that we live in today? For me, it really shores up to one concept. It's not about speed. It's not about adoption. It's not about the fact that there is technology and it's more and more pervasive. It's about the fact that these changes have fundamentally changed how our customers buy from us. And the minute you can open up that scope, and you'll see that in my presentation, I think there are new business models, opportunities, and ways to communicate and connect with our customers that you may not have thought of before. And that's the key, that it has fundamentally changed how consumers buy. Well, coming up at the upcoming Conquer Local Conference, Mitch Joel will be one of our keynote speakers. Really looking forward to seeing your presentation. I'm just reading through some of these topics and every one of them is riveting because it speaks to the challenges that our partners and our partners' customers have on a day-to-day basis. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you face-to-face in Montreal in a few months. Thanks so much for your time. I look forward to it. We could have went on for hours. Didn't want to steal the entire thunder of Mitch Joel speaking at Conquer Local 2020 in Montreal in June. So make sure that you go to our website to learn more about that ever-expanding line of speakers. But let's just touch on a few of the takeaways. The bar has lowered so much that it's hit the floor. I've talked about this quite a bit. Back in the days when I was selling radio, if I wanted to start my own radio station, yeah, it's expensive and tough and hard. So in a day and age where we have a go-to-consumer, whatever that consumer might be, whether it's business-to-business or business-to-customer, They need to take it to the next level. Find some sort of a platform that enables you to have that omni-channel experience, that end-to-end platform where you can serve that customer from the very beginning of their consumer journey to the end where they now become a repeat customer and an advocate for the brand. Keep in mind, the three Ps of marketing is the old way of thinking. In order to focus on the end customer, organizations need brand expression, brand experience, and then that customer experience and need to look deeply inside each three of those motions and keep iterating and improving so that you're getting the results that you want for your clients. 
I'm really looking forward to seeing Mitch when he presents at Conquer Local in a couple months' time. And time is running out for you to get your tickets. And we also have a limited number of sponsorship opportunities. So go to conquerlocal.com to learn more about the 2020 edition of the Conquer Local Conference. Thanks for joining us this week. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath. 